0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So when you entered the sanctuary today, you noticed something a little different. (laughs) Did you think it was a mistake that we didn't pay the electric bill? Maybe you thought something was wrong. When are the lights coming on? You might have wondered silent to yourself or maybe whispered to a neighbor sitting next to you. You might think, well, this isn't good. I hope I don't trip over something. If you use a bulletin or you sing out of the hymnal, you most likely thought, boy, I'm not going to be able to follow along too well with the service tonight. And that's just the beginning. Darkness limits us. Darkness encases us. Darkness presses down on us. But once the lights came up, things changed. The mood changed. The church changed. We changed. The theme of light appears in all the readings that you heard appointed for this evening. The first thing that God created was light. He says, let there be light. And like all let there be, God says it, and there be. God even separated the light from the darkness. And on our reading from John's gospel, Jesus calls himself the light of the world. Indeed, he is. Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, light light. Of the world. And because you are united with Christ through holy baptism, because you have been named and claimed by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in those baptismal waters in the Word, and have been given faith by that Holy Spirit, you then are the light of the world. Jesus says so. You are the light of the world, he says in Matthew chapter 5. So let your light shine before others so that they will see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Because of Christ's work for you, because of Christ's work in you, St. Paul says from Ephesians, You were once darkness, but now are light in the Lord. We could go on and on, couldn't we? Because there's a theme of light and darkness all over the pages of Scripture. And throughout the rich history of the church, we have always recognized the significance of light and made use of it in worship services like we did tonight or during Christmas Eve. In the early church, it's interesting, after candidates were instructed in the faith, they left a very dark room where they renounced Satan and all his works and all his ways. And then entered a brightly lit room before they were baptized. Then after their baptism, they received a lighted taper, almost like our acolytes use, like when we light the candles, to remind them that they were now light in the Lord. In many churches, there is a tradition of uh, giving baptismal candles to parents and then to the adults if they're baptized as adults. Now light in the Lord. Once the light comes, things Change. In many and various ways. For one thing, you can see things for how they really are. Right? Sometimes you, know, you might see something in the darkness and think, what is that? And then the light comes on and you're like, oh yeah. You can see things for what they are if you are in the light. You can see things for how they are because you have the light of God's word. You see sin for what it is. You see us for who we are. You see God for who He is. You know God as He wishes to be known. Loving. Faithful. Mighty. Sin, death, and the power of hell have no power over those who are light in the Lord. Yet... We know that this is a dark world because many do not have the light of Christ. And without the light of Christ, how secure do people feel in that dark world in which we live? There is immense darkness, isn't there? Ugliness, sin, immense darkness, a darkness that continues to try and strangle the light out of our world. And this darkness blinds people from the truth. This darkness darkens people's hearts and minds. It makes many feel hopeless and purposeless. And it always tries to choke out the light. That's why Paul admonishes us who are light in the Lord, from Ephesians chapter 5 that you heard, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Right? And that is any sort of act of the mind or the will that is against God's command. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. When anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. Now, when you think about that, dark works being exposed... Uh, Place that bright beam on yourself and how open are you to being exposed by the light of truth and God's word? Everyone is familiar with John 3.16, right? Just a few verses later comes John 3.19, do you know it? In that verse, John uh, 3.19 and 20, Jesus says, and this is the judgment. The light, he's talking of himself, of course. The light has come into the world. That's really good news. But here's what he also says. But people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Do you cringe a little bit when you think about your life exposed under God's bright beam? I know I'm cringing a little bit. Your deepest, darkest secrets, your deepest, darkest thoughts, your deepest, darkest actions, Often when in God's light, in the face of God's light, we can be like Adam right after the fall, right? You remember what happened. Overcome by guilt and shame, Adam hides. He tries to hide from God who's walking in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. And it isn't until God calls him and finally says, where are you? That Adam enters into the light and goes toward God. At other times, brothers and sisters in Christ, we we hide our light. Right? We're in mixed company. We hide it. Just like the Apostle Peter did. You remember? In no uncertain terms will I ever fall away. And it turned out just to be bravado, didn't it? As Peter denies our Lord three times in the public light of others. None of us None of us wants our sin, our darkness, to be exposed because it brings scrutiny. It brings judgment. It brings shame. No, our sinful nature is much more comfortable in the dark than in the light because it likes the darkness because it thinks it can get away with the works of darkness forever. Keeps others in the dark when it comes to our evil thoughts, words, and deeds and staves off those unpleasant things that I mentioned before. But here's the problem. God knows our darkness. He knows your heart and He knows mine. He knows our dark thoughts, greedy intent, lustful and covetous thoughts, all of it. And when God exposes it, He causes us and calls us to change and to repent and to fall on His mercy and grace. When faced with a choice, our old Adam would rather run into the dark than step into the light. Our old Adam desires to flee from the light of Christ. Even supposedly religious people, we know this, carry darkness especially when they deny their sin. Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs, right? Because they looked great on the outside. Their works looked great on the outside, but on the inside, they were like dead man's bones. That's what Jesus says. That's a quote from Jesus himself. When we refuse God's honest word and what it says to us, whether it be law or whether it be gospel, we refuse His light. This Lenten season, and indeed every every time we gather uh, around word and sacrament, God shines His light anew on you. He shines His light anew on you. And that's a good thing. He shines His light on you into your heart, into your life, and He exposes it all. Not with the intent that we should run from him and hide from him and cower from him. But that we should die to our dark sin and graciously receive God's light, love and forgiveness through the light of Christ. That is what life in the church is about. And it's especially what the season of Lent is about, that penitential season, right? God's word exposes our old life, our old Adam, in order to bury it. In order to bury it in Christ's tomb. Let the darkness stay in the darkness, right? Let it really be where it belongs, cast off from us. It is buried there so that the new person may rise with Jesus, joyfully in the light of his resurrection and life and light. Jesus gave you new life in Him, and that new life is light in the Lord. It is the true light that gives life to every person. Yes, we know what's coming, right? Good Friday. It's a hard day. When the light was extinguished, On the cross, amid total darkness, and there the light bears the darkness, the full weight of the world's sin and darkness, my darkness and yours, with the purpose and result to bring light and life to all. Jesus was forsaken by the Father, and yet amid such rejection, he brings that light and life to that world again, enveloped. In the darkness of sin, death, and hell. And He breaks that darkness forever. Jesus brings light to the darkest places, doesn't He? That old rugged cross. Brightly reflects the joy, love, and mercy of God. Because there Jesus suffered and died. Only to rise to life again. From His cross shines a bright beam into your life. It pierces through your darkness your darkest and most depressive thoughts, and fills you with God's light, His peace, His joy, His comfort, His assurance. Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, through these means, the Spirit calls, gathers, and enlightens us in God's light that we might reflect God's light. I know that many of you have endured very dark chapters in your life, whether it be the death of a child, or the loss of a relationship, or the abuse at the hands of a parent or loved one, loss, other things, bullying. Over time, after continued words of comfort, after continued reminders of God's promises that they are true amid those times of deep darkness, we remember joy and light. Even though we walk through the valley of deep, deep darkness, we say shadow of death, it it can also be translated deep, deep darkness, we shall fear no evil. For the light of God in Christ is with us. Despite the blackness of death, the darkness of sin, the depths of our sorrow and pain, the bright light of Christ's cross beams with grace, forgiveness, love, and mercy. We do well amid all this darkness to heed the words of Christ. I am, he says, the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have. The light of light. Amen. Now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.